is <laughs> the absolute undisputed champion of the week. Uh, well done, Matt. I, re- I just want to just go through uh, your results from last week. Jason Kokrak, winner, 45 to 1. Patton Kaziah, full place, 100 to 1. Charlie Hoffman, full place, 45 to 1. 73 points up for the week. Mate, congratulations. That was absolutely superb. You must be made up, eh? I mean, it was a cracker of a Sunday, wasn't it? I have absolutely no complaints. Um, it doesn't happen like that very often. So when it does, you've got to make the most of it. But yeah, it was poetry. I was very worried going into Sunday with Spieth up there. Um, and I was thinking, worst case, get your two places and move on. And it just worked out beautifully in the end. Um, and my bank balance appreciates that very much. I wasn't worried for you at all, Matt, to be honest. Um, I, I, I was absolutely certain that Jason Kokrate was going to win um, because of what the conversation we had last week where um, you were talked about, as I said, I had him at the PGA Championship and he played well. Um, he was, you know, without threatening the leaders, but he got was, was, wasn't too far away at any point. And, and as you said, on the final round, when you had him in that um, uh, matchup with, who did you have him with? Uh, Tom Lewis. Tom Lewis, and you said um, he just battered him through consistency every single hole, just um, greens and regulation, fairways and greens and, and good putting. So when he started Kokrak on Sunday, I, I, I thought, I, I think Kokrak wins, wins this. Um, and uh, I, based on our conversation that we had during that week, as I said, I was, I was right I was tossing up my final selection last week was between Gary Woodland and Jason Kokrak. And, and when you picked them out and I said to you, yeah, I really like that pick um, because I just, he is, he was in such a consistent vein the week before. And, and, and I actually, I'm actually pretty happy as well. Not that I went down on the side of Woodland, but he did okay. But um, I'm a bit annoyed with myself that I didn't go with Kokrak again after a solid week of um, the PGA. I put him in my, fantasy team though with Jordan Spieth so I came out okay I did nice a nice week on my fantasy week but um on my fantasy team but you know I, I should have stuck with him like you did and actually picked him but when he started the Sunday I thought I think he wins because I just I I, I just I know no Spieth was playing well but I think Kokrak was just in the zone do you know so I wasn't as worried perhaps well now I wasn't as heavily invested as you so I wasn't as worried but and either way they were both in my fantasy team but um, I was pretty confident for you, mate. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he played really well. There's a lot of bogeys on Sunday looking at his scorecard, but I wasn't as worried three holes in. It was that first hole where he, he absolutely duffed one out the sand and then all, all day I was just get just avoid the bunkers, Jason. Rough is fine. Just miss the bunkers. Um, yeah. What, yeah. I, what I liked about him that he bounced back really well at one point. Um, he kept making a bogey and then immediately next door bounced back birdie, which was was brilliant. And I think it was the par three 13th where it was very much touch and go. Um, the one over water, I can't remember if it was eight or 13. Um, and I think he shouted something along the lines of get lucky while his ball was in the air. And yeah. at that point I was going a bit green and I think it made it by f- five yards or so. And then he rolled the put in after that. So, I mean, I thought he played great on Sunday. Barring, there was a few bogeys, but... But Spieth was the same, and I think the never looked at any point down the stretch like he was going to bottle it, even though he bogeyed 15-16. Like he looked like he was still playing attacking golf, which I really like. Um, and I know I shouldn't have a whinge this week. I really shouldn't. But why did I not play DraftKings? Why did I not play Fantasy Team? Yeah. Of yeah. my five tips, um, they all came in the top 23. And yeah. 
I probably would have added Spieth in there because a lot of my tips were a bit longer. You could have added that extra value um, higher up the board. So, I mean, yeah. I've had a quick look at some people's teams and if I'd have entered some big ones, I probably would have not been far away from taking them down. Um, with, yeah. I mean, you shouldn't mourn after a week like that. And I'm no, no, more, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you shouldn't. And uh, But as you say, if you did, yeah, you, you, you could have, because um, I know all of your picks finished very well and, uh, yeah, you could have cashed... Um, Big money on the on the fantasy team with that for sure. No, I shout yeah. too much at the PGA to be playing DraftKings too often. Put it on the outrights instead, which hasn't worked out too bad. No, well, that's right. Uh, and actually, um, uh, my week was saved by my uh, by my um, fantasy team because my picks were okay. Um, Berger, I was convinced Berger was going to go well this week. I really was convinced, and he started brightly enough and just. Stall. He just played well, okay, well enough, um, but never really threatened the leaders after the second day. Uh, Gary Woodland, okay, um, and uh, I can't even remember the other two. So it wasn't, you know, they weren't that inspiring. So um, uh, yeah, not not a great week for me. But saved by my draft picks, um, to, uh, by my fantasy team, and because after the conversation we had, and I thought, why have I left Coke Rack out? Well, I'll stick him in my fantasy team anyway and that worked out well for me so but I, you know as I say I did well in my fantasy team but not as well as what you would have done um, so uh, uh, let me just say one more thing about yeah the only time I was worried about co-crack for you was when as they pointed out he had a little bit of a case of the decelerations in the bunker uh, a couple of times in the bunker he just got a little bit uh, guessy uh, um, but his face was game face, you know, like there was no way he was, he, he had his total game face on and the Texans were giving, you know, uh, him as much stick as they could possibly give him. Uh, and he, but he loved it. He didn't care. He, he wasn't uh, worried about that. He didn't. Uh, so as the game went on and as, a, and as the round progressed and as Jordan started to kind of press harder and get worse. I just thought there's no way Kokrak loses leaves us from here because he's just he will not let that happen. He's got a game face and he's and he's a good player, man. You know we've got to seriously look at this guy. Um, and, and, you know at, at majors, you know this is a this is a big ball striker. If he's in the zone, he's very consistent. He parts well. He's got good hands for a big man. And uh, and did you see the trucky one as well? <laughs> I did, yeah. It was very much a Jason Corkrack sized truck, wasn't it? It was. I was just thinking, how would Jordan Spieth be in that thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, congratulations, well done. And and what about and just uh, have a bit of give us a bit of a mention as well for you, as you say, your other picks. I mean, you were very pleased with them. Uh, give me a bit of a roundup as well of of, of some of the, the, your places and how you thought they went. Yeah, I mean, they, they all went really well. And I mean, it's kind of sod's law that the two shortest ones actually didn't have great Sundays when they could have quite easily, they could have all placed, to be honest, where they were going into the weekend. But it was nice in that they were up there pretty much all the way along. Um, words for Charlie Hoffman, who I'll, I'll talk a bit more about um, with regards to this week. But he had a ridiculous ball strike in Sunday and just kept stiffing it next to pin after pin. Didn't he just? Um, yeah. And he was yeah. really impressive. And it, it made me go away and have a little bit of a look. And I think... His figures this season, or the, the latter part of this season, are, are excellent. And he's actually starting to haul a few putts. I think he sits about 50th um, strokes game putting, which he's never really been. He's always been a pretty good ball striker, but very, very streaky. Um, and he he tripled something. Um, it was about early in the back nine on Thursday. He made a, a, quite a poor triple. And I was sort of cursing that all week, thinking I could have had someone else up there challenging, which didn't matter in the end. Um, but I thought he was excellent. And the same for Patton Kazaya. Um, Pat Gazaya has come third in his last two starts, both in Texas. So 
definitely when we return to Texas, he's a name to to have a look at because he doesn't really have that name value. Um, and even though he's got excellent form, he's still a three-figure price for this week. Um, so definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, and then, like I say, Ed Morikawa and um, Corey Connors, that was similar to Berger, that they were kind of there or thereabouts, but ultimately underwhelming and didn't make enough puts when it mattered. Um uh, Corey Connors particularly was frustrating because he just that's the other part. Yeah, that's two, yeah. You were on him as well, I believe. The yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. He kind of regressed to Corey Connors of a couple of years ago, who is still an excellent ball striker. But if he misses the green, it's an almost an instant bogey. And even when he was giving himself chances, he just couldn't haul any puts. So disappointing in a way, but. I mean, yeah, I've got absolutely zero arguments about that week. And there's definitely a couple in, in Kazaya, 100%, and even Hoffman to take away that when it's in Texas, they should be high on your list of things to look at. Okay, well, that's great spoiling, Matt. As I say, uh, you know, listeners, you know, we, we are now, you know, we're racking up a, a few good wins here. As we said, we've done, we've had lots of places lately, and we said last week it'd be nice to get a win and to get back on the win, winning sheet. Um, and we have, uh, and well, Matt has, and so well done to him. That was a great spot with Jason Kokrak, and uh, and well done. Let me just go through the uh, uh, the actual finishing. Uh, uh, table here in the top 10. Jason Kokrak finished uh, even for round 4, 14 under for the tournament. G- beat Jordan Spieth, a sloppy final round, three over, um, finished two shots back. Patton Kazai, as I say, well spotted from you, 100 to 1, uh, runs a place uh, and, uh, and three under for the final day, uh, 10 under for the tournament. Uh, Ian Poulter uh, shared a place with him, uh, two under. Now, that's, uh, as I say, getting close to Ryder Cup selection time. That was a timely effort from Ian Poulter and, uh, and, and a great final putt to see him um, tie, um, tie third. Sebastian Munoz, the guy I picked actually uh, a couple of weeks ago, I like this guy. I, I really like him, and I was really pleased to see him play well. Two under for the tournament. Um, uh, sorry, two under for the final round. Ten under for the tournament. Tied third as well with Charlie Hoffman. So a boat, the four players there tied for 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 uh, for third. And to say great, yeah, I, I agree with you with Charlie Hoffman. He pushed. Jordan Spieth, very close at the Valero Texas Open um, a few weeks ago. He's in fantastic form, uh, and uh, yeah, you'd want to keep an eye on him for sure. Troy Merritt, a, a superb final five under uh, round to finish, um, seven under for the tournament, seventh alone. Lucas Glover, eighth with um, tied eighth with Adam Hadwin, and uh, Brett Todd, Carl Stanley, all finished. Um, uh, yeah, all finished tied eighth, and then um, as I say, it goes out to Gim Go- G- Gooch Woodland, my my runner. As I say, three under final day, five under for the um uh, for the tournament, and so yeah, uh, uh, yeah, all in all, um, uh, yeah, a really fascinating tournament, a great tournament once again. Uh, great to see, you know, two guys go sort of mano a mano match play down the final, um, you know, the, across the final eighteen. No one's going to kind of catch those two they were flying for the first three days and it was a as i say a, a great win for jason kokrak and well deserved um this guy's a you know multiple winner now to, um twice this year and uh he surges up the fedex cup lists and um and, and yeah as i say he'd be someone to maybe even look at for tory pines so let's go forward uh this week uh to the the um the memorial uh, now, this is fascinating. Uh, this is Jack Nicholas's tournament in Dublin, Ohio. Uh, this is a, uh, uh, there's been a significant remodel. As we, uh, I actually put a link out on my, um, my Twitter account today uh, showing a, a video where Jack Nicholas has gone through every one of the holes that he has 
remodeled and there has been significant remodeling especially around the green complexes so uh, he's changed the shape of some uh, greens um, he's changed the shape of some holes he's uh, he's he's done a hell of a lot of work from last year to this year so this course while looking similar will will be will be a, a, an entirely different prospect so at the start of the time, when I started thinking about that, I thought, well, you can throw your course form out the window. Uh, and I tweeted something to that regard. But I'm, I had second thoughts on that throughout the day and thought, well, no, hang on. If players still like, you know, like playing here and, and have a history of playing well here, um, different, you know, obviously differences uh, will, 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 they'll have to adapt to and there'll be changes. But uh, I think a preference for a course will still count for, for a lot. Um, so what are your thoughts um, heading into this tournament? Uh, and, uh, you know, what did you think uh, when you were making your selections, Matt? Yeah, I, I, it's interesting that there's been a revamp. And I think we're not truly going to know, even with Jack's videos and the information we've got, what it's how different it's going to play until they play it. Um, but I think there's there's something in that this is Jack's event. That means it will still play similar because he's got pride in challenging those golfers. It, it's still going to be a, a massively second shot golf course. There's still going to be really fast greens and thick rough. And I think it will play very similar to the Memorial last year. Now, I'm interested to see if it they make it quite as borderline unplayable as it was last year. Because um, I know they played the work day the week before, didn't they? Where it was a much yeah. more gettable course. And yeah. I think Jack saw those low scores and thought, right, I'm going to be the complete antithesis of this the next week. And almost went a bit too far, I think, where they kind of wound the golf course up to be barely being able to hold a fairway, never mind a green, um, unless you've got it plumbed down the middle. So I'm interested to see in that regard. Um, but I've not changed my mentality too much. I think the the trends that have come to light from the past 10 years or so will ring true. Um, I haven't put that much weight in the workday leaderboard or stats um, just because I think that was a very different setup and it was purposely set up to be different than Memorial usually players. Um, so I've not disregarded uh, course form too much. I think if people like this place, they like this. Um, I like that it's bent grass again. Um, just because my team no-put players sometimes put better on bent grass than they do on any other surface. Um, so that's a, an encouragement for me. Um, kind of all the standard stuff. I think I read some stats earlier in the week around it being you have to get you have to gain strokes on approach here because if you're missing greens, you're not going to win regardless. Um, par 4 scoring is massive. Um, I think 10 out of the last 15 winners, um, 11 out of the last 15 winners have been first or second in par 4 scoring. Um, and a lot of the par 4s are, are tricky par 4s. Um, there's some long par 3s, some long par 5s. I think it's just about hitting greens and strokes gained approach. Um, putting comes and goes, as we know. But if you have to scramble here, it helps to be good at it. But if you have to scramble too much you're probably not going to win regardless. So I've tried not to wait that too much, not to wait putting too much, um, which lets me back my approach players. Um, and I've looked quite heavily at par four scoring in the models too, um, as well as a bit of course form. Okay. So saying that then, uh, I think I'm going to give you the honour this week. You are the, uh, as I say, the the champ. You're winning uh, with Jason Kokrak uh, and, and, a, and a hatful of others. So um, you're the man in form. Give us your bets and, and why you've picked them. Absolutely. So my my headline bet this week is triple figures. And I think he's the bet of the week. Um, unfortunately, he was put up by a very popular tipster. So I have no idea whether the price is still available. And I backed him at 125s. I'm just nipping down. Let's check it now. Um, yeah, he's still a, a, uh, three figures. 
Um, yeah, just about three figures still. And it's Kyle Stanley. Now, Kyle Stanley loves Muirfield Village. Um, he pops up here remarkably often for a player of his standing, to be honest. Um, in the past, he's come second, he's come third, and he's come sixth, um, with some some dodgy ones in between with a missed court. That's to be expected. Um, he's actually got some sneaky good recent form. Um, in his last um, three starts, he's been T8, T26, and T39. I don't think that's bad for Kyle Stanley. But if I do my stats anonymously, which I often do, um, he's great at greens in reg, top 15 on tour. He's in the top 30 um, in strokes gained approach. Now, we know... Cal Stanley is a terrible putter. Now, we know my proclivity to back terrible putters, but actually, in his last four starts at, Col- uh, not Colonial, in his last four starts at Memorial, he's actually either gained strokes put in or been pretty much a neutral putter, which is almost unheard of for Cal Stanley. So there's something about this place he really likes with the flat stick. Um, he's been great at par four scoring. I just think he's a great bet. He clearly likes the place. He's pendant form and he hits all the right stats models. Now, He's not an amazing scrambler, but it'll do. And I think at anywhere near a hundred, near three figures, I think he's a cracking bet. Um, so yeah, I've had a fair bit on on Kyle Stanley as my opener. Um, okay. Second is one that I'm keeping the faith with from last week, and it's Charlie Hoffman. He is just striking the shit out of the ball, like like you wouldn't believe. I think he's in the form of his life. Um, he's fifth on tour in strokes gained approach, which which speaks for itself. And that was evidenced as, as near as last week. And he looks really confident with his irons as well, um, which I think speaks for, for quite a lot. He was seventh last year as well, Charlie Hoffman, um, at Memorial when it was trickier, um, not at the workday. He's 28th in greens in reg. He's actually 15th in scrambling, which surprised me a bit because obviously scrambling is a mixture of both um, around the green game and putting. And he's not been an amazing putter historically, but he's really good at getting up and down. Um, and he's in the top 20 in par four scoring as well. And he has had a few missed cuts here, but he's trending remarkably into form. Um, I think in his last five or six starts, he's not been out the top 20. And that includes um, a third and a second, which have been in in Texas. But um, I just think he's trending into form. And if I again, if I was to do this completely anonymously, I'd price him far less than the forty-five to one I took him at. Um, and you know, I'm like, I'm happy to stay aboard a form horse. Did it with Kazaya a couple of weeks in a row, so I'm giving Hoffman a second chance um, as my second pick. Okay. Um, my third one is a golfer I've never actually backed before, um, and there's reasons for that. Um, and it's Emiliano Grillo. Um, Emiliano Grillo is an excellent ball striker, as all of my favourite golfers to back are. Um, but he is truly elite with the Morikawas and the Thomases and the, the Matty Neesmiths of the world, even. Um, he's in the top 10 in both um, strokes gained approach. He's third on tour in greens and regulation. And he's number one on the PGA Tour in par four scoring, which is has been proven to be an incredibly important stat here. Now, he was a standout best price earlier of 70 to one in a place. He was a general 60s. 55s um, and he has missed the last two cuts here but what drew me to Grillo was he's really trending with his approach game um, and that was clear at the Charles Schwab but actually his putter has been picking up lately and he's a notoriously poor putter but he has been much better lately and I think hopefully the, the move to Bent um, should help an awful lot um, and he's got some decent form too in his last five starts he's second missed cut 14 38 which is playing above his standard, so I quite like a form horse at the minute, and I think he just makes out ridiculously well for this course. Um, when I was comparing him to um, one of my next picks, who's a far, far shorter price, 
again, I would I would probably rather back Grillo at the price rather than um, the lad who was a much shorter pick. So Grillo at 70s. Okay. And then I've got one who I undenied for an awful long time about. Um, and I didn't know whether to include him or another about the same price. And I whinged to you quite heavily when I backed him and he missed a cut not so long ago. And it's Patrick Cantley. He loves the course. That much is clear. Um, seventh, first, fourth and 32nd in his appearances here. Um, and he hits all the right stats categories and we know that, but he has been out of form. I think he's missed three missed cuts in his last four appearances. But I saw something, a bit of something at the PGA Championship. And I think that's enough when we return to somewhere that he's really familiar with and says outwardly he enjoys this course that he could actually play really well here without having to have that build-up of form. Um, so my glimpses of that return on the PGA um, mean I'm back in Patrick Cantley. Now, it's a bit of a change because I've only had one point on him, despite him being 22s, I think he is. Because um, it's his putter that's been not great at all. It's his putter that's been letting him down. His approach players, tee to green numbers, are as good as they've ever been. Um, but it is a gamble that I return to, to Bentgrass and I return to a place where where he's won before and where he feels confident. Um, so I'm going to back Patrick Cantley, probably against my better judgment. Um, and I imagine I might regret that, but I'm going to take a risk on him. Okay. And finally, I'll keep this short and sweet, it's Patrick Reed. Um, it was a knee-jerk bet just because I thought that's a silly price for Patrick Reed at a, at a hard course. Um, he's 40-1, to 1, or I backed him at 40s. I think he's still available at 35s. What I think about Patrick Reed is that it kind of goes against my method of betting because if I was to follow surely the numbers like I usually do, there's no way I'd be back, back in Patrick Reed. But the reason that I'm backing him is because I think you need to play Patrick Reed's ceiling. He wins good events with elite players. And when he's in contention, you don't want anyone else on your side above him. But his season-long numbers are pretty poor for him, to be honest. But he loves fast greens. He loves tough courses. Um, and I just think he's, he's a silly price. Um, he's not had amazing for me. He's had a couple of top 10s and a couple of sort of 40th, 50ths, 20ths. But I just don't agree with the price. There's no reason to me why a Corey Connors or a Hideki, a Tony Finau, even a Patrick Cantley who I've backed, are almost half the price of Patrick Reed, who is a born winner. Um, he's trendy and into some form. A couple of missed cuts in the 17th, um, sixth and eighth in his last five starts. I, I kind of whinged to you again about him at Copperhead where he missed the cut um, after being a little bit scratchy around the whole side of his game. But I I could see him winning, and if he's in with a shout, I want to be on board at 40s. So a sheer value player um, in the hopes that he plays to his ceiling is Patrick Reed, my fifth bet of the week. Yeah, the thing about Reed, I'm a big fan of Reed, as you know, and uh, uh, but I'm I'm watching him at the moment. He's a watching brief for me because he's class. We all know that. But he's struggling with his... He's fighting with his game at the moment. He's got a new coach, uh, and uh, I think it's is it David Ledbetter, and he's... he's, try, he's He's working on some things uh, around his driving, and um, you can see he's a man at the moment who's in a bit of a fight with himself. Uh, and you, it's just when he works that out and and breaks out of that, you know that it's going to be good. So uh, it, it's it's obviously catching him when and you and you're you're right, you know, in the way that you know he is going to break out of that that fight he's in with himself and work it out and his, his, his chipping and putting game has been, remained unaffected that's been great it, it's just his, um, his teeing off at the moment is a little bit all over the shop but um, it, as, as he continues to drift out 
And as you say, he plays hard golf golf as well. Then, you know, he could be called at, as you say, at a value price. So yeah, I'd be interested. I'm going to just watch him right now. I'm going to continue to watch Reed. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, my, uh, my bets this week are um, based around, uh, yeah, I did end up coming back to the fact of people who like this course. It's a, you know, it's a tough course Memorial. It is. A, 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 and there is, definite trends for players who've played well here in the past and, and gone well here. Um, my first bet is a man who has played well here, has a string of good performances here, and and much in the vein of Charlie Hoffman, is in kind of the form of his life as an older player, and I think he's great value, and that's Kevin Streelman. He's at 66-1 to 1 with Star Sports. I'm gonna I'm gonna make him my first bet, not necessarily my best bet, but my first bet for the value of I think sixty six to one for Streelman is a great price because he has a history of playing well here. He's been playing very well the last few weeks. He's 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 been up and around the top of the last few leaderboards over the last few weeks. He played um he, uh, he played great at, uh, at at the PGA Championship, and I just. I, I, yeah, I, I just think he's in a in a rude vein of form, much like is in Charlie Hoffman. He's he's playing really well. He likes it at the Memorial. He's played well here a number of times before, a number of high leadable finishes down the years. So for me, um, Kevin Streelman at sixty six to one feels like a good each way value bet. My next uh, uh, player is uh, my next selection is Cameron Smith at forty five to one with Star Sports. The reason I like Cameron Smith is because uh, he's 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 had a string of consistent finishes this year. He's um, uh, he's high up on the um, FedEx uh, Cup list. He's he's he's, an, he's high up in all sorts of stats uh, uh, in terms of shots gained and scrambling and putting and uh, and I just think Cameron Smith's in, in great form uh, and uh, I think forty five to one is I'd like him a little bit more than that but I th- but uh, forty five to one for me is, is it feels like a good price for Cameron Smith in the form he's in at the moment. I think he is. He has transformed himself, Smith, into becoming a world-class player now, and he is in the conversation. Uh, I think, in you know, in the, for the FedEx Cup, I think he, he's a he's a I think he's a good shot um, for odds and to win the FedEx Cup, uh, and uh, and but he has to continue to play well, and uh, th- uh, so I think he, you know he's right up there on the first page, and he's seventh or something in the FedEx Cup at the moment, uh, and uh, and I think he's. Um, as someone to really consider uh, at this tournament, I think this this course should suit him. My next pick is um, Xander Schauffele, twenty two to one with Star Sports. I think I'm going to put it out here on the show this week. I think this is the week where Xander breaks out um, because he likes it. He's played well here at Memorial before. Uh, he has been in no sort of form. We all know that, but I, I think Xander Schauffele um, comes back to the party this week. And, uh, and I think if he doesn't place, I think he wins. Um, and, uh, and that's a ballsy kind of statement based on the form that Xander Schofield has been in. But I, I, he has, as I say, he has a history. He likes it here. And, uh, and he still is, his ranking on all sorts of stats is still pretty good. Uh, and, uh, so while he's been, you know, as I say, placing all over the shot and, and, and had a, a poor, very poor PGA championship, I just feel that this might be more up his street, this um, memorial course, and uh, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna back him to come back at 22 to one. I think he offers good money. Um, my last two uh, are Christian Bezadenhout. I really like the South African. He's 90 to one with Star Sports. 
Um, I, I think that's great value. I, I think he's been really consistent, a bit of a surprise package this year. Uh, I think the market continues to kind of underrate this guy. And uh, I think he's I think he's good value. He, he's 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 had a number of um, good finishes on the PGA Tour this year. I think he's at home now. I think he knows he can and handle this class and can play well. And I think this sort of tight testing track uh, will, will suit Zayden Hope. And my last player is a player I just really was impressed with last week. I picked him a couple of weeks earlier, and that's Sebastian Munoz, 125 to one. What I was so impressed about. Was with Munoz last week at um, uh, at uh, where, where were we last week? Colonial. Uh, Colonial. Sorry, I had a bit of a brain fade. And what I was so impressed about with Munoz at Colonial was the way he was rolling it. Like he putted it from all over the place on the final round. He struck the ball really well all week. Uh, you know, he he played a, an excellent final round. If he's rolling it and continues to roll it on the greens in that kind of form and fashion, uh, then I think uh, I think he'll be right there this week. And I think 125 to 1 for him is is fantastic odds. Uh, he, he's in clearly in good form at the moment, and uh, he's a clearly a talented player. And so I think that's uh, that's really good value. So those are those are my selections for the week. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a close look at Munoz. Um, he he gained over 11 strokes put in at Colonial, which would yeah. not be put me in crazy he, form putting, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, if he maintains that and gets back to his usual ball strike, and he could be a, a big problem, especially at the price he is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really I'm really keen on Munoz at 125 to one, and uh, so uh, yeah. So those are those are my five picks. So, you know, I um I, I'm probably. Uh, as I say, I'm going on a little bit of faith with Chauvelet, um, but but the others, I think, as I say, Streelman kind of goes into that Hoffman sort of category with you uh, in terms of he's in, in, in great form for an older sort of player. Um, let's just talk about some of the uh, some of the uh, shorter guys while we're here. Um, uh, you know, we at this tournament, it's a pretty stacked tournament. Uh, at the top of the market, we've got players like John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, Victor Hovland. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Schofle. So the usual suspects, and Tony Finau, the usual suspects are at this tournament. Um, Matt, is there anyone in that in that top of the market that you think, oh, I, uh, you know, I, I, I want, I'd be a bit worried about this guy? It's a, it's a bit of a pick'em to be honest. Um, there's a couple that I wouldn't touch at that price. Um, well, I honestly don't know. The one that I was going to go for was actually Xander. Um, that would have been my bet if I, I was battling between him and Cantley for quite a while. Mm. Uh, but they're all quite nice prices. They were all much shorter, and the odds checker is a sea of red over the top sort of six to eight players. Like, it's not often you'll see Spieth, Thomas, McElroy, Bryson, all 16s and above. Mm. Like, normally you'd expect one much closer to Ram, um, who I think was a terrible price favorite, to be honest. I think his game fits, but he's in no sort of form to mm. be in near single figures. Um, mm. And I also can't have Hovland the same price as those golfers. I love Hovland. I think he's excellent, but he's not yet in that class. He's not earned the right to be that price for me. I know people love him and people back him a lot, which might be a part of the reason for that price. But especially around here, his short game can so easily get found out. Um, so I don't think he has any right to be that price. Um, you know of my love for, for Justin Thomas, but he's been out of Nick. Um, to be honest, I didn't really fancy any of them. There's a reason that I've left them well alone. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. How flattered to deceive last week. Like I was quite happy to leave everyone short of twenty to one. Now that's not saying one of them can't win by five. Obviously, they're all world class elite golfers, and if they put it all together, if Thomas sorts his putting out, he'll probably win by a street. If McElroy hits his irons well, if Bryson does Bryson things well, um, I'm interested to see what what Jack's done in terms of his narrowing of the fairways because I think that could have quite big implications on whether. Because they've been historically quite generous at, at Muirfield um, off the tee, um, which all would help Reed. But if they have been narrowed, which he's talking about um, quite significantly, then that could have implications. And Bryson always tempts me in just because he's great when there's thick rough, because he's an absolute brute. And we saw that at Majors, we saw that at Bay Hill. So out of the top ones, I'd probably opt for Bryson. But that said, I'm quite happy to leave him alone. Um, Hideki's an interesting one, I thought. Um, I know he's been quite a popular pick from a few people on Twitter. Just his confidence must be high, straight out the Masters. Masters isn't a terrible comp course for Muirfield, I don't think. Um, and his, I don't know if you remember watching the Masters on Saturday and Sunday, it kept feeling like Hideki put himself in silly places around the yeah. and just stress-free rolled it to like a foot, two feet. Yeah, um, I think it's so important here. I read it's much less likely to hit a green in reg. I think it's about 50% in place of like 60-something on tour as an average. So you yeah. can miss greens. And I think Hideki could be a, a real shout since he's got his driver back. He's got quite a complete game um, if he puts okay. So yeah, Hideki's of interest, but I'm quite happy to leave the shorter ones. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I felt the same as well. I, I couldn't take any of those guys. I'm, you know, as I say, any of them could break out and do well. But as I say, we're looking for value and, 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 as you did last week, when you look hunting for value, uh, nothing is sweeter. When you go hunting for a player like Jason Kokrak, you find him, he wins. That's what we're trying to do here. That's what we're all about. So, um, uh, you know, it was just worth having a little chat about some of those other players as well. Um, going forward uh, from here now, as I say, uh, we're heading towards uh, the US Open. Any other um, sort of thoughts permeated in your mind since we last talked about the US Open? Not really. Um, I've, I've not really thought about it that much, truth be told. Um, I th- the more I watch Ryan Palmer show little glimpses of form, the more I quite like my bet on him. And That's right. Yeah, you've still got that. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I, I backed Neiman um, at 80s a while back for the US Open, um, which I'm not 100% convinced by. I, his short game does not do anything to persuade me that's a good bet at this point um what i quite like though is that we're getting really quite good golfers that are just steadily on the drift um and they're kind of they're, they're the ones obviously the elite golfers are the elite golfers but there's a bunch who are around touching like 50 to one at this point um i'd be interested if they maintain those prices once we get the extra places who are a little bit out of form truth be told, but we know they're excellent people like um Sungjae, who is now really quite a long price every time he tees it up just because he's in no sort of form but could absolutely do anything on any given week so truth be told no um i quite like that palmer bet i've got my eyes on a couple who are kind of on the drift um interested to see how leash plays this week because i like leash at tory pines he's very much a, a cost cost specialist having won it a couple of years ago um but that aside no enormous thoughts truth be told i uh, i just <sighs> With his tail up and with his belief from that win, I don't think Jason Kokrak's a silly shout for the US Open. You know, like uh, just worth keeping an eye on. Uh, I haven't done anything about that, but I just uh, I need to have an understanding about his uh, at the Tory Pines and how he would play that. I, don't, I haven't put any research into that at all, but I I just 
he's in such a vein of form uh, that you know I need to. I'm going to have a little bit of a look at how he would match up to Tory Pines. Yeah, he's been absolutely halved in price though. Um, oh, has he? But, uh, okay. In the region of like, <laughs> just I mean, the players around him go um, Higo, Siwu, Kokrak, Sink, and Champ, and all of the other four in that little sector are like 125 to one. Kokrak is still in that sector, which is obviously what price he was, um, but he's now. 66 is general. I think you can. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe. Um, yeah, that's not. Yeah, yeah. That's get. That's about the floor. I wouldn't want. Yeah, certainly wouldn't be any lower than that. I was. I was thought he might have been still at maybe 70s or 80s. But yeah, 66 is. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Well, look. I think that that'll do it, Matt. As I say, congratulations again for an amazing um, performance last week. Uh, if you guys want to follow Matt on his um, Twitter account, that's f o r e underscore bet. Uh, and uh, as I say, he is um, he is in stonking good form at the moment, and uh, well worth a, a follow. And just look at his tweets and understand what he's doing. And you could, uh, as I say, you could share in the spoils. Um, last thing, Matt, uh, probably the most important thing for the week. Uh, there's a little cricket match on tomorrow. Um, uh, New Zealand take on England in the first test. Uh, who do you like? I mean, I think it's interesting with uh, Brody as captain. Um, I, to be honest, I've completely forgotten it started tomorrow. My interest in cricket has waned. I used to be massive for it when I was a, a teenager in my young, uh, early 20s. I yeah. was, yeah, I, I did a lot of stewarding when I was a student and um, so I was lucky enough to go to plenty of the cricket grounds around the country. Um, yeah. But I've been out, out of practice with the cricket. Um, so I'm going to say England, obviously, just because we'll beat New Zealand. Should be nice. No, and easy. No, that's, uh, <laughs> no, that's clearly ridiculous. You have no idea what you're talking about. New Zealand will, will win the series and uh, go on and win the World uh, Test Match uh, Championship as well against India. <laughs> That's what's going to happen, and anything different is is yeah, clearly mad. Uh, uh, no, I just wanted to, uh, as I say, give anyone's a heads up if you're uh, if you are a keen cricket fan, uh, uh, do keep it uh, as I say, keep it playing in the background on these sunny summer days. It, that should be a really really good series. Two very very good teams. Uh, the weather should be good. They're both attacking teams, and I, I, I actually think um, it'll be a great series of Test cricket. So um, if you're a cricket fan, do have a look at it. Yeah, what I will do is make sure I watch it so I can revel in our undoubted glorious victory <laughs> next week, mate. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, look, thanks, Matt. And as I say, good luck for your picks this week, and thanks for listeners. Anyone, good luck for everyone's picks, and uh, let's see how they go at a remodeled memorial. Should be really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Let's keep the form going. Good luck for the week, Matt. Thanks, mate. You too. See ya.